The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. the movie zone hi there ho there howdy hey neighbor it's austin horton and johnny lightfoot sup how you doing buddy how are you i am groovy your hand is mangled my hand is mangled hands got a hold of me after you know playing the ode to angela lansbury and no i'm just kidding what maybe we should run that back on this show we should definitely run that back on this show probably no not probably i take that back if you missed it you missed the very best piece of production in the history of Utah radio. <laughs> well, thank and you. You made it. I did. How, yes. how much of it did you make? Did you compose the whole yeah, the song, one, the music, all of it? One hundred percent, except for hands. And is that you doing the background yeah, vocals? That's me singing everything. <laughs> I auto tuned the crap out of myself, you know, to it give it that to give it that kind of T pain sound. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. In fact, we will. Angela Lansbury is uh, fits into the movie zone. Absolutely. And there's nods to bed knobs and broomsticks and all kinds of things in that thing. So it's all sorts of good stuff. In fact, uh, we'll we'll play that coming up uh, in segment two. We'll play uh, <laughs> Johnny Lightfoot's uh, "Ode to Angela Lansbury" from Hans Olsen. I like it. Did he not like it? He's mixed on it. He's lying. He loves he, it. He likes it. He, he says he appreciates anything brilliant, and he thinks it's brilliant, but he doesn't like the fact that it's using him. He's lying. <laughs> he loves it. I think he does, too, but I don't know. Well, uh, we got a lot to talk about, but you will hear that coming up in segment two. Also, the poll question of the week will be in segment two. We'll tell you what it is in a moment when we review the movies that are coming out this week. And we've got a couple new movies that came out in recent days that we need to update you on as well. But before we get too far into things, it's good to be back in the same room with you. Yeah, it's nice. After having a a week of separation, we are back together. court-ordered week-long separation? Yes, yes. Well, you know. (laughs) Uh, But uh, we do have to uh, talk about the Sunday night poll question I sent out. I am ready. Because what I've been doing recently on Twitter at Austin Horton is I take two movies from my collection at home that are of the same ilk or genre, and I pit them against one another and let the tweeps vote on which of the movies is best or better. than. And this week pitted a couple of irreverent fairy tale, mm-hmm. irreverent looks at fairy tales. Wasn't sort of one thing. a blowout? A blowout. A blowout victory. Oh, this one was, they, they've so far, all of these head-to-head matchups have been absolute landslides in one way yeah. against the yeah. other. This pitted Enchanted, the Amy Adams, uh, where, you know, she, what's uh, J- James Marsden and the other guy, McDreamy, what's his name? Oh, from Patrick uh, Dempsey. Yeah, Patrick Dempsey. Uh, and or is he McSteamy? I can't tell. McDreamy or McSteamy? I don't know. I have no idea. I could. There's a McSteamy? There's a McSteamy and a McDreamy, and I I'm not the sure McSteamy who's... was the coffee at McDonald's. <laughs> it should, you know, that should be, they but uh, <laughs> we need to find out who is who's, who's the McFlurry. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that one against Shrek, the first one. So, <laughs> two irreverent looks or different twists on the fairy tale world, in in and in a nearly two hundred vote total, one hundred or excuse me, one hundred seventy seven votes, seventy eight percent voted for Shrek. Of course, 
Only 22% Enchanted said Enchanted is better than Shrek. Let, let's let's be honest. Shrek is a pure masterpiece. You think it's better than Enchanted? Hands down better <laughs> than Enchanted. Enchanted's got some really good music in it. The people have spoken. <laughs> they did. That's they all have I can spoken. Say. So Shrek beats Enchanted. And j- just to clarify, uh, McDreamy <laughs> is Patrick Dempsey. He was Derek Shepard. McSteamy was Dr. Mark Sloan, who was played by Mark Everett. Okay. So if Mark Everett were in this room, I wouldn't know it was him. Who? I seriously, I don't. I, and I've ne- I literally have never seen two seconds of Grey's Anatomy. I haven't either, yeah. but I know who McSteamy and McDreamy are now. I, I and I'm actually impressed. I had guessed that he was McDreamy, but I didn't know there was a McSteamy until moments ago. I think they call him McSteamy because there's a scene where he's shirtless in a towel, like fresh out of the shower. And, you know, he's all ripped and, uh, oh. okay. you know, and McDreamy is not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so glad that we did that. Clarified. That was good radio. Clarified that. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's talk about the movies. Let's do it. We, uh, people are back at the movies, by the way. I in, know. In big form because. And keep going. Christopher Nolan uh, finally got his movie Tenet out into Megaplex theaters. Finally. And it took, it was among the uh, top ranks in the country. Well, yeah. The attendance at Megaplex to see Tenet. They've been claiming this a blockbuster since before, way before it came out. So finally it's out and it's proving to be just that. Uh, In fact, uh, oh God, where did the, uh, uh, I got to find the rankings. Larry emailed us the rankings and where Megaplex uh, fell, but it was way up there. Uh, among the tops in the country of of theaters and how many people went to see it. And so I'm sure a lot of our listening audience saw Tenet because even if you were one of those that was afraid or whatever to go back to the theater, first of all, don't be. Megaplex Theater is doing it right. Yep. I've been several times. Right. You go all the time. I do. You're distanced from other people. You wear the mask. It's all clean. You'd feel comfortable even getting a snack. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Have to get a snack. At the I, I'll sometimes go to the Cottonwood, you know, the holiday one up there. Oh, yeah, the signature and uh, I, I love getting their, you know, their uh, crepes they have up there. Yeah, and I feel totally safe getting that, getting the popcorn, using the drink machine, sitting in the seats, everything. I feel one hundred percent safe. And so, Tenet brought a lot of people back to the theaters that may have been uh, waiting for that big movie. And there's mixed reviews out on Tenet. I can see that. There's a lot of people who really, really didn't like it. Sure. And there's a lot of people who really, really loved it. Well, I think a lot of that falls, it's kind, not that it's a sequel to Inception, but it's kind of like Inception. Okay. That kind of idea, right? And I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Inception get a lot of mixed reviews as well? It was yes. kind of up and down. So it doesn't surprise me that this would be the same. Well, and, and that's where I wanted to start is, in fact, I don't I don't know if Scotty liked or hated the movie, but I know Scotty went okay. because he sent out a tweet mm-hmm. that said, just saw Tenant, now I need some Advil. <laughs> so I well, don't know if that means it was a good movie, but it was twisting and turning, or it's a heavy it was not movie. a good movie. It's a heavy know. movie. Uh, it's It's a lot in one movie, that's for sure. Well, and, it's like Inception, like I just said. You know, Inception went so deep into the, the mind... And literally to, com- to comprehend it, it was kind of like, 
multi-layered what what yeah. what so it's a deep thinker and i think tenant's going to you know same same idea so the the setup of the movie is there's a there's a spy a secret agent who has been charged with preventing the beginning of world war 3 by tra- uh, time traveling and going back and making sure things don't happen sure uh, and, and that's very much a Christopher Nolan idea. You yes, can, it is. I, if you didn't know it was Christopher Nolan, if I, and I just read that to you, you'd be like, that sounds like a Christopher you, Nolan. Yep, that's Christopher Nolan. And Inception, the first time I saw Inception, I was blown away. I thought it was a great movie, great writing, great acting, but I really didn't follow it completely. No, it was hard to. Absolutely. It's one of those movies you probably have to see two or three times and you grasp everything. And that is what I would say about Tenet. Yes. Is... It's worth your time and your money to go to the theater, get on the big screen with the big sound and the big chairs and the yep. big snacks. Yep, do enjoy it. Enjoy the theater experience with Tenet, but do it two or three times. Absolutely. Because I think it will be better the second time than the first and even better the third time than the second. Of course. You're going to catch more things. There's little, little innu- not innuendos, what is it? what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh uh, nuance nuances thank yeah. you little nuances that you'll catch each time that you didn't see the previous time before yeah. and i love that about movies here's my problem with a christopher nolan film like this is i don't want a movie to be more complicated so complicated i should say that it would be easier if it were a book to follow okay i can I feel I can like tenet would be easier to follow in book form than movie form it's interesting okay but it's normally not like that yeah, right exactly yeah but it's still a great movie, and I think you would really, really enjoy your time seeing it. I would just encourage you, if you don't like it the first time, give it a second shot. And yeah, don't like it don't write time. it off after the first time, and you might not like it, for sure. Give it a bunch of times. Plus, that gets you back to the movies, which helps the megaplexes, helps all the movie theaters, and uh, helps bring more showtimes and more movies out. Exactly. Gets us back to somewhat more normal circumstances. Uh, starring Robert Pattinson, John David Washington, who is incredible. And I feel bad for him in this regard. He's Denzel's son. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people roll their eyes at him in, in, when they see he's cast in a movie. If they realize he's son and go, oh, you, you're just in this because you're Denzel's son. No, 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 no. John David Washington is an incredible actor in his own right. Mm. And he just so happens to have a legendary actor as a father in Denzel. Right, right. Uh, also, Himesh Patel, who I think is one to keep a close eye on. He was in that movie yesterday. Oh, I love that and movie. And I loved, that was my favorite movie of that yeah, year. I love that movie. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, how do you feel about Robert Patterson? Robert Pattinson? Pattinson, sorry. <laughs> uh, he's just Twilight Boy to me. And that he's trying really, really, really hard not to be. I get that. And with the Batman, he's trying really hard not to be as well, even though it's a goth kind of thing. He did a movie uh, called uh, Good Time. Oh, and The Lighthouse that a lot of people saw. Yes. uh, Trying to to break free of that uh, Twilight kind of uh, pigeonhole cast that he's been in. Uh, He did, what was the romantic comedy? Not even a comedy. It was more romantic schmaltzy thing. Uh, Twilight. No, no, after that. Remember me. Yeah. Uh, But he did another great movie, Water for Elephants. Yes, I saw that one. I think that I'm guilty of hearing about a Robert Pattinson 
uh, movie and going, I don't want to see that because of Twilight. Right. He's, that's a mistake. He kind of, well, he was also in Harry Potter, as you know, he was Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter's. Uh, but he kind of fell into that same thing that Hayden Christensen fell into after the, the Star Wars prequels. It's kind of like, uh, he was okay in those Star Wars prequel, prequels. He was kind of whiny and got this reputation of that. And then you saw, you didn't see him work much after that, maybe a couple movies. And I've kind of noticed that with Robert Pattinson <laughs> as well. But it looks like he's starting to have a comeback here a little bit with Tenet and then The Batman. Even though the yeah. Batman got a lot of flack when it was first announced that he was going to be Batman, Bruce Wayne Batman. Yeah. And I think that, that that's, I was one of them. Yeah, me too. Absolutely me too. And that's a gutsy move by that uh, director to choose him because it's kind of like, oh, will people not come see my movie because you were in Twilight? It's also a gutsy move by Warner Brothers because they've been having a bad run of movies. Yeah. With superheroes yeah. in them. So but, I, I saw the, did you see the trailer at the fan, uh, DC Fandome thing? No, haven't watched it yet. So I'm actually kind of impressed with it. It looks pretty cool. It it's looks a very, so dark. Yeah. They're embracing what Joker was. Yes. I don't think it'll be quite as violent, but maybe. Maybe. I maybe mean, they're going full R-rated the rest of the way because of Joker's success. He has a very goth look to Batman, almost almost like Brandon Lee's crow, but you know, without all the, the makeup, but he has a crazy makeup around his eyes and it drips and yeah. it's very goth looking. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, this could be this could be really cool. So there you go, Tenet at Megaplex Theaters right now. Go check it out. Now, one we're we're mad at. Because it should be in Megaplex Theaters. There's no reason why it shouldn't be at Megaplex Theaters. Right. Disney really, really dropped the ball on this one by taking Mulan out of theaters. Other than in China and Russia, which is weird. Well, you they've can dropped see the it ball. in theaters there. They've dropped the ball in a couple things, and we can get into that in a second. But let's talk about what you're talking about. But here. Mulan uh, came out uh, on Disney Plus last Friday. Yep. Fourth. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it for an extra twenty nine ninety nine, or you can wait till the first part of December, and it will be free available on Disney Plus. I'm. <clears throat> we were talking about this before, and I'm. I'm a little upset about this. I. Uh, I. I buy and pay for Disney Plus every month. I love it. It's great for my son. It's, I love all the Marvel, Star Wars, everything you want. The Mandalorian, it's great. Yeah. I pay the price. But an extra $30 to a, a subscription I'm already paying for is a little tough. Yeah. I get the logic. Hey, you're going to go, if you go see it in the movie, you're going to spend that if two of you go. If you spend three of you go, you're going to spend more. Right. I get that. And by that logic, it's a bargain. Right. But I don't want to pay for something that I'm already paying for. Does that make sense? It does make sense. My question is, if you pay the twenty nine ninety nine, how long do you have it on Disney Plus? Is it just once, and then it you have to pay again? I I took it. Well, it's called Premier Access. Yeah. So I took it as you have twenty four hours to watch yes, it. Yeah. Yes. And then it's no longer yes. you have to pay another thirty dollars. Right. If I wanted to see it again yeah. next week, it's it's again. And this is what worries me about this is I saw something out there about Black Widow going to be doing the same thing and you know what i understand that not everywhere is having as uh, great of a time opening their theaters back up amidst the pandemic as megaplex has been right 
But Megaplex and the Utah viewer of Disney movies has done so much for Disney over the years. Right, of course. Not to say they couldn't do without us, but we have consistently, constantly been their top viewed market yeah. per capita for the last eight, nine, ten years. Well, I'm sh- and, and Disney and Utah go hand in hand. They couldn't have floated a, 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 a mm-hmm. bone Megaplex way and let it be in theaters here. Nope. I guess Stupid. not. Stupid. Hey, well, and I don't know if you knew this, but it was kind of kept under wraps. Now we can talk about it, but a lot of Disney animators were from here, and yes. they had an office in downtown. Yes. Where we're at, downtown Salt Lake. Yeah. They've moved it since there, but it's like, yeah, we go hand in hand. Throw us a bone. Yeah. Uh, and I, I understand if you also want to make it $30 on Disney Plus at the same time, why not? It's your product. Sure. It's your line. If you think that there's customers that won't go see it in the theater but will see it at home, make it available on Disney Plus for $30. That's their choice. But I think that it's a huge, huge mistake Oh yeah. to not lead out on this thing in markets where it's safe to go to the theater like it is here. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm also, like I said, I'm also afraid this could be the future for Disney films. You know, yeah. Maybe. If things don't get better soon, we're gonna start seeing more and more. I like I said, Black Widow, Marvel, Marvel. Everyone goes and sees a Marvel movie in the theater, and it See, does millions and millions. I don't think. I think the immediate Hundreds future. I think the immediate future might be that. I don't think long term. I really don't. It depends on the success. Well, I, no, it depends on. It depends on vaccines. Sure, that's what it depends on because there are people that don't have Disney Plus, will never have Disney Plus, sure. won't download Disney yeah, Plus, yeah. but would have gone to see this movie in the theater. Yeah, I agree. And so I think there will be still an audience in person in the theaters option, also a streaming option. So what what would you consider this movie, if it was released in the theaters, being a success? How much money do you think would be, what would be a number for you to make it a success? Uh, billion? Prob- well, a billion, that would... Yes, I mean, of course, the, so... That's the watermark now of Blockbuster is a billion right. dollars. So this is supposed to be a Blockbuster. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. It, it, it is. It, when they announced this as the, when they announced all their live action remakes at once, and we looked at Lion King and Jungle Book and Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella and Mulan, and we went, this is exciting. Then I considered, though, that's going to be a Blockbuster in 2020. Mm-hmm. Sure. But as people have cooled off, as some of those have come out, a lot of people did not like Lion King. Right. A lot of people didn't like Jungle Book or Beauty and the Beast. That's true. Uh, And so, in fact, a lot of the reviews of this Mulan are, it's a less enjoyable version of the animated film. And so I think that the when it first was announced, I went, ooh, blockbuster. Six months ago, I went, oh, I'd say ha- probably $500 million would be a success. Okay. So, so. $500 million. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's say it does $350 million just on Disney+. Plus. Well, if it's just on Disney+, Plus, then you might, be, you, you might be right that this is the future. That's what, yeah. I, that's what I'm afraid of. But that's also a lot less than a billion. Of course. So why not have it also available in the theaters for those that don't have Disney Plus or want to nope. see it in the theater? I agree. I agree. Put put them in the theater, please. And then in six months, I can watch it on Disney Plus, and I'll keep paying my nineteen ninety yeah. or however much it is. Yep. Uh, all right. So there you go. Tenet and Mulan. Now one more that's uh, that we need to talk about in detail. Opening this week is called Broken Hearts Gallery. It's rated PG thirteen. 
It probably should have been rated R, if I'm just being frank and honest with you. Uh, the executive producer of this is none other than your gal, Selena Gomez. My gal? Yeah, your gal. <laughs> uh, the synopsis is, after a breakup, a young woman decides to start a gallery where people can leave trinkets from past relationships. Our guy Larry at uh, Megaplex Theaters said this about it. It said he enjoyed the film more than he thought he would. Uh, the, the scenes were funny and genuine. The story in this type of rom-com is fairly formulaic, so it takes great writing characters and sincere for performances to make or break the film, and he feels that this overall was very well done and stands out as better than most from with the recent offering uh, in the rom-com genre. I'll be real honest with you. The idea of this movie sounds a lot better than the trailer of this movie looks. Sure. I can see that, too. It looks like they are so raunchy at times just because they don't know how to write jokes. <laughs> and I'm okay with raunchy humor. Sure. If it's done well. If it's done just because you don't know how to write comedy, I'm not okay with raunch. Does that make sense? You no, know, it, it, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the low-hanging fruit. You know, to to make the quote, and not saying that the Hangover is low hanging fruit, but it's raunchy, that's, and that's what's its whole selling point. Yes, and, and I feel like that's the whole idea. Is it's easy to write comedy if you're just being raunchy. Well, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has given this ninety percent, and that I still think that there's a lot of people that are going to really like this movie, Johnny. And like I said, the idea of it is fresh and new. And I think it's an interesting subject. How many museums could you fill with trinkets and, and collectibles from your ex-relationships? I could fill a lot. Warehouses? Yeah, maybe. Maybe one warehouse. Okay. We're not talking the Louvre. No, we're not talking the Louvre. But maybe the Metropolitan? We're not talking about where they put the Ark of the Covenant and Raiders of the Lost Ark size either. We're talking, you know... A good thousand square feet. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I think there's a lot of people who uh, can watch this movie and, and remember relationships past. Sure. And hopefully in a funny way where you're like, oh, I remember when I used to care about that. How hopefully. silly. Yeah. Right. It might be. There's still some relationships past for a lot of people that are very tender and very hard. And I think that a movie like this would be cathartic. There could also be some really creepy things in there, too. That is also true. And uh, Because what... Yeah, never mind. I don't, I don't know. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. Would, would you really want to go see other people's stuff, or do you care? <laughs> you know, it's like, I've got my own baggage. I don't want to see <laughs> Joe Smuckatelli's problem, you know? I have well, that same problem. Or maybe you do, because it's like therapeutic. I don't know. Well, here's where I would... If this were a real thing, if I were going to the Broken Hearts Gallery to see trinkets of relationships past of strangers. Sure. I would go simply for the shock and awe, Ooh. like I go to see Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh. Okay. I don't go <laughs> to to enrich my life in the culture of art. You go to make yourself you go to make yourself feel better about yourself. Or to just laugh. It's like when it's like why we go bowling. No one goes bowling to try and be in the Olympics. You go bowling to goof off and and drink and have fun, yeah. Drink beer and eat bad food and have a lot have a good time and that's what the Broken Hearts Gallery would be. I guess, I, yeah, I can see that. I, at the same time, there's there's going to be a lot of freaky stuff in there. There really, there really is. That's a bag of nail clippings. Ooh, yeah. Neat. Yeah. Why does he have hair and nail clippings? Oh, no, 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 no. And teeth. No. <laughs> teeth. Teeth. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
Well, that brings us to our poll question of the week. All right. So on the other side, we'll get your responses on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot. And the poll question this week, what are some good movies about museums and or art? Okay. At Johnny Lightfoot, at Austin Horton, at Zone Sportsnet. We'll get your responses to that question on the other side. Also, you'll hear the best piece of production this radio <laughs> station not just this radio station, but any radio station in the history of Utah radio has ever put together wow. by him, Johnny Lightfoot. It's up next, an ode to Angela Lansbury <laughs> here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Segment two of the Movie Zone this week. Austin Horton and Gina Lightfoot with you. Soundtrack of the week. Selections <laughs> from the collection of Angela Lansbury. That was nice. Selections from the collection. Yes. Uh, this is, uh, of course, the theme song of Murder, She Wrote. Have you ever <laughs> seen an episode of Murder, She Wrote? I, I have. No, you have. I have. Really? Yeah, I have. I've only seen the theme song, the opening. That's it? Yeah. No, 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 like stumbling across Nick at night or something well, like that. Well, doesn't each episode end with that's all she wrote? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Okay, so that's, yeah. uh, and I've heard that from, it was a little before my time. <clears throat> but the reason you're hearing Angela Lansbury <laughs> is because, Johnny, you put together a piece of, uh, of production that is now the white whale of producers everywhere. Wow. Do you think, are you saying I set the bar? Yes. Whoa. We will all, Lloyd set the bar in drop world okay. with the pork chop Womack drop years ago. Yeah, sure. We're all chasing that moment as producers in the timing and selection of that drop. Now we're all chasing this piece of audio. <laughs> how did this come to be? I was out last week, so I kind of missed how this oh, all okay. came together. All right, all right. I've since been filled in, but tell our listeners. So this started actually with Mariah Carey. <laughs> and uh, Mariah Carey came out with a tell-all book about her relation, secret relationship with Derek Jeter. It was now, a secret relationship? She was married to someone else. Oh, my gosh. And she came out in a tell-all book that she wrote two songs basically about Derek Jeter. And uh, Hans picked it up on their show and started reading the lyrics. <laughs> now, brilliantly, neither Lloyd nor Scotty spoke while he was reading these lyrics. <laughs> so I had perfect audio of this. <laughs> so and then, of course, it sprung into more about Hans's uh, secret childhood crush of Angela Lansbury. Why? I think he's the only one. Not you think. It's confirmed. It's confirmed? Okay. That would be shocking to Angela Lansbury. Well, Hans was 11 and Angela was like 130 at, at the, the time. time. At the time. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's a little awkward. What a weird, whatever. Here's to, to you, each their own, Mrs. No. That's, <laughs> okay. Mrs. Robinson was somewhat near Mrs. Lansbury. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Then you mashed them together. So, yeah, so I, I, being a musician, I said, I've got something here. And uh, I kind of tipped Scotty off a little bit. I said, hey, you know that Mariah Carey lyrics? I think I've got something. And Scotty's like, go ahead. Go do, do what you want. Thinking that I didn't have anything. We'll just see, right? So I, I created this little tribute to Angela Lansbury via Barry White. 
In that same style? That same uh-huh. style as Barry White. So I kind of put together the – I cheesed out the music like you wouldn't believe and added the auto-tune, sung the T-Pain kind of auto-tune stuff. And so you are the musician – Yep. The backup singers. Yep. The composer. Yep. The writer. Yep. All of this is you, but it's Hans's narration. Yes, it is. Let's hear it now. An ode to Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Bed knobs and broomsticks. It wasn't raining yet. But it was definitely a little misty on that warm November night. And my heart was pounding, my inner voice resounding, begging me to turn away. But I just had to see your face to feel alive. And then you casually walked in the room. And I was twisted in the web of my desire for you. And I was twisted, I was twisted. My apprehension blew away. I only wanted you to taste my sadness as you kissed me in the dark. I am thinking of you in my sleepless solitude tonight. If it was wrong to love you, then my heart just won't let me be right. Because I've drowned in you, and I won't pull through without you by my side. I'd give my all to have you. Just one more night with you. I'd risk my life to feel you next to me. Because I can't go on living in this memory. Of our song, I'd give my all for your love tonight. (laughs) Standing ovation. If you're you're driving your car right now, pull over and give a standing ovation to our guy. I'm serious, Johnny. Uh, That is... Perfection. Thank you. That's brilliant. Oh, thank you. And there was one sourpuss on Twitter. Casey, you know who you are. He's always a sourpuss. Oh, no. I didn't see this. What did he say? He's typical. Give me sports or give me death Ah. on sports radio guy. And so he tweeted at me, stop playing this. This is crap. We just want to hear about sports. (laughs) You got to have some fun. Casey. Everyone else in this world that hears that, that's I want that as a ringtone. You can have it. I'll I, give it to I, you. You already did email it to me. I'm, it's going to be my ringtone for when Hans comes. Look, it's, I, I, I get what Casey's saying, yes, but you got to have some breakup. Even even ESPN has a little bit of breakup from all sports all the time. They do something different. Everyone's, well, they come back to it. A well, little musical break now and then is not a bad thing. Yeah, if we're using the ESPN television, the E stands for what? Entertainment. There you go. And this is the, the the Zone Sports Network is a network based around sports. Sure. But we also produce and host shows. Like this one. That should be entertaining. And like so this one. It's not piece, sports related, but right. it's still yeah. entertainment. There you go. So brilliant. Well done. Thank All right, you. Uh, let's get to the poll question of the week responses, shall we? Let's do it. The Broken Hearts Gallery is coming out this week. We told you about it last segment. A movie about uh, a girl who makes a museum where people donate their trinkets and left behinds from relationships past. And it's weird and it's a, but we thought (laughs) what other movies are out there? What are, what are some good movies that are about museums and or music or excuse me, art? There's a lot. There is a lot. And uh, you can play along on Twitter at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot, at zone sports net. Derek 
says Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I suppose. It's, it does deal with art. There's a museum and some art. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Uh, jazz fan Jess. wonder if he likes the jazz. I hope. Better. The Thomas Crown Affair. Yes. Well, I've never heard of that. No. What is, what is the Thomas Crown Affair? Great movies. Well, who's in it? Uh, depends on which one we're talking about. Okay. There's, it's, there's, there's been more two, than one Thomas Crown affair? Yes. I've not heard of any of them. Many, actually. Huh. Well, I think it a many. series? No, it's a movie. Well, why is there more than one? They did a remake of it. So, oh, so it's, it's an old movie. It's an older movie, and then they did a remake. They're, yeah, the remake was in 1999 with uh, oh, one of the Bonds. What Was it Timothy Dalton? In 1999? Was it Tim? Who was that it? That had to have been Pierce Brosnan. Pierce. Thank you, Pierce. Okay. All right. And then the original is in 1968 with Steve McQueen, Faye Dunahue. Wow. Dunaway. Dunaway, sorry. Faye Dunaway. Did you say Donahue? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. It looks like a movie I would enjoy. You actually would really like this type of movie. Fun car chase scenes, fun, just everything. You know, it's There's just- a scene named the bowler hat guy scene. Yeah. So I need to see that one. All right, Thomas Crown Affair. It's it's a it's a thief movie, a heist. Heist, love it. Uh, Megan says the Monuments Men. Oh wow, good Mid- choice. Midnight in Paris. Have you yes, seen Midnight in yes, Paris? yes. And Night at the Museum. Those of are course. three really good movies. Yes, of course. I like that answer. Ben <laughs> Ben Coombs says Sesame Street. Don't eat the pictures. <laughs> Everyone gets locked in a museum overnight, but Cookie Monster gets hungry and wants to eat the art. Needless to say, it's a masterpiece. Wow. <laughs> now, My kid will love that. I'm going to look that up tonight. Cookie Monster eats the art. They have to be art, uh, cookie art. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Braden Clark says, a portrait of a lady on fire. I don't know that one. Is that the one? No, I'm thinking of lady. In... What's a portrait of a lady on fire? Uh, let's see. That stars. This is from... Just last year, uh, starring a bunch of people I've never heard of. Interesting. <laughs> of course. Oh, it's it's uh, it's in French. That's I've never seen this. Oh, I, I don't know this one either. It's a romance slash drama. Uh, France, 1770. Marianne, a painter, is commissioned to do the wedding portrait of Heloise, a young woman who has just left the convent. Heloise is a reluctant bride-to-be, and Marianne must paint her without her knowing. She observes her by day to paint her secretly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for that, Brady. <laughs> uh, Austin Frankham says, House of Wax or Monuments Men? House of Wax sounds like a th- horror movie. It is a yeah. horror movie. Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, Vic says, The Thomas Crown Affair, both versions. Good job. Robert also uh, says, The Monuments Men. Have you seen The Monuments Men? I have, but it's been, it's John been a Goodman, few minutes. Yeah. Uh, George Clooney. Yeah, it's been a few. Uh, they they are Matt Damon, cool right? They go yep. around uh, Europe after World War Two or during World War Two and oh. take back the art stolen by the Nazis from the Jews. It just hit me again. Yeah, yes, it's a of great course. movie. I like this movie a lot. Uh, Jessica says Frida, fantastic and tragic. Yeah, never it seen is. Frida. Uh, Guthrie, Monuments Men. The title is something like that with Damon and Goodman. World War II movie, great show. You nailed it. It's the Monuments Men. Yep. He also says, I think uh, the man with one red shoe, starring Tom Hanks. Ooh, a comedy. Yes, uh, I miss Tom Hanks comedies. That that reminds me of uh, the man who knew too little. 
<laughs> with uh, Bill Murray. A guy who th- it's a kind of a similar genre. The guy they think Tom Hanks is a spy and he's really not. And in that movie, the the man who knew too little, Bill Murray thinks it's an act. Everyone else mm-hmm. thinks he's a spy. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And then uh, Wild Turkey Fart Blunt <laughs> says straight out of Compton. Now, no museums, but there is art if you consider yeah the, the music. music side of it. Yeah, the music, That's of art. course, yes. So we'll take it straight out of Compton. Okay. All right, coming up next, we'll go with your doppelganger, Ben Stiller. <laughs> and we'll go into the archives with some facts and factoids about Night at the Museum. Next, here on The Movie Zone. As old as time. You're locked on to the movie zone on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. Final segment this week on the movie zone, Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot with you again. Soundtrack of the week. Selections from the collections of Angela Lansbury. It's suggested by uh, Hans Olsen. Of course it was. <laughs> and if you've missed the ode to Angela Lansbury, composed by Johnny Lightfoot, sung. <clears throat> By Hans Olsen. <laughs> Check it out at 1280thezone.com. Absolutely brilliant. Now, let's get into the archives, shall we? Oh, let's do it. I'm going to take us back this time to 2006, Night at the Museum. Uh, a very underrated movie then and now. Yes. But it was I, a surprise success. I was really surprised when I looked up the uh, Rotten Tomatoes on it. And I'll get to that in a second. Okay. But I love this movie. I love the second one and I love the third one. They're just fun movies. Yes, they're not plausible, but they're fun. They're a good family movie. All right. 2006, Night at the Museum, directed by Sean Levy, of course, starring Ben Stiller, Dick Van Dyke, Mickey Rooney, Robin Williams, Owen Wilson, Ricky Gervais, Rami Malek. Ricky Gervais. That guy. <laughs> Rami Malek, Paul Rudd, uh-huh. and Crystal the Monkey. Okay, don't forget about Crystal. No, and the reason I'm bringing up Crystal the Monkey, her, I'm guessing, uh, <laughs> her list of TV and movies is better than some of the people that are ahead of her on really? this list. What else has she been in? She was in Georgia the Jungle in 1997, okay. Dr. Doolittle in 98, American Pie in 99. Okay. She was on Malcolm in the Middle, oh. then Night at the Museum 1, 2, and 3. She was in The Big Bang Theory. She was in The Hangover Part 2. Okay. She was in Zookeeper, and We Bought a Zoo. So she's not been in good movies. She's been in a lot. She's though. been in a lot of good of a lot of movies, rather. Well, she's had a longer movie career than most of these people as well. Nineteen ninety seven is when she started, and she's still making them this year. God bless you, Crystal. The is a she a capuchin? What is she? Yes. Okay. Yes. Capuchin monkey Crystal. So this movie had a budget of a hundred and ten million, and worldwide it ended up grossing five hundred and seventy four million. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Now here's what shocked me: Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave it 43%. Yeah, the critics, that's because they, they're they looking for uh, pri- Saving Private Ryan every time. Sure, of course they are. And they don't consider the genre and the the target audience the market, being a family. Right. Yeah. The fans gave it a 67, so that's still not that great, but it's better than the critics. I would that's give a it, C. I would give this a little higher rating. I love this movie. I think it's fun. Like I said, it's not plausible, but it's fun. It gets a C plus B minus for me. 
Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Well, here's some facts. So uh, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, obviously, probably the two biggest characters in there, aside from like Robin Williams and whatnot. But everyone remembers the Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson back and forth, yeah. right? They were only on set together for one day. What? Yeah. Ben Stiller talked to a toothpick for the Jedediah scenes. <laughs> And then Wilson, Owen Wilson would film his part like three months later without even seeing Ben Stiller there. Wow. And the reason they did that was Owen Wilson's role as Jedediah was only supposed to be a cameo. It was just supposed to be a quick hit and miss or hit and go. Oh, really? And uh, his character tested so well that they had to write more parts in. (laughs) The audiences loved his character so much. Yes. They had to make more of him into the movie. Yes. Unbelievable. I thought thought that was pretty cool. act with a toothpick. Yeah, could you imagine? (laughs) That makes sense to get the the right vantage point down there. That toothpick, what an actor. Owen Wilson's stand-in for Night at the Museum was a toothpick. You could probably use a toothpick for most of his stand-ins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, horrible. Looking at you, you, me, and Dupree. <laughs> right? <laughs> so did you know that major cinema chains in the UK pulled the film uh, off their screens to protest 20th Century Fox decision to release the DVD only three months after the movie came out? Oh, Wow. Look at look at us now, right? Where you're getting movies before they're in the theaters. Exactly. So calm down there, Britain. I find that interesting. Yeah. I don't know uh, if that's smart or bad. That, that you know, makes no sense to me. Me neither. Find something real to complain about. So actors that were instead of uh, Ben Stiller that were recommended to play Larry Daly is Tom Cruise. No. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> okay. And Hayden Christensen. So, really, they went with the best. Oh, by far. Amongst that group. By Although far. I wouldn't have hated. Who was the second one you said? Kurt Russell? Yeah. Oh, no, the third one. Uh, Robert Downey? I think he would have done all right, too. So, it was, it was Tom Cruise, Kurt Russell, Robert Downey, Steve Buscemi, Hayden Christensen, Martin Short. Oh, there's more. And Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul? Aaron Paul. He was nobody. He was on The Price is Right as a contestant back then. Nobody. That would have probably made him even bigger than he is now. That's unbelievable. Now, um, he may have not gotten Breaking Bad, though. I bet he would. He would have been too big, I think. Uh, So Theodore Roosevelt, which was played by Robin Williams. A great, great role for Robin Williams. Well, it almost was Mike Myers. He would have been good at it, too. Or Michael Douglas. No, wouldn't have been good at it. What about Terry Jones? Terry Jones? Interesting. Yeah, I know, right? Kind of weird. I think they still went with the best choice with Robin Williams. Yeah, uh, Mike Myers would have nailed it as well, but Robin Williams was terrific. Now, the Dick Van Dyke character, Cecil, right? Spoiler alert, the bad guy. The bad guy. His role was almost Jeremy Irons. I love Jeremy Irons. Or James Spader. Nah. Ron Perlman? No. Yeah, I can't see any of them doing it either. I don't think they fit the right... Dick uh, Van Dyke was great. Though, I mean, the whole thing about Dick Van Dyke's character is, we're retiring. Yeah. You know? We, and, and Mickey Rooney there, too. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Just uh, got time for maybe one or two more. All right. Let's go with some of this fun stuff, shall we? The American Museum of Natural History, after this movie, had a 20% rise in visitors... <laughs> 
during holiday seasons following the movie's opening. I think that that was a good move by them. And even now to this day, every year they still show the movie and like have an overnight at the museum for kids to come. And I think that's really you cool. sleep at the museum? You sleep at the museum, Ooh, you hang out, right? Yeah, creepy. Hoping creepy. that T-Rex comes to life. What was that book that I loved as a kid about the, the mixed up files of... Something, something, something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, yeah. Where the girl stays the night in the Met. Uh, anyway, I, I as you not, were. I do not know. My inner monologue came out. Sorry. <laughs> well, um, our good friend Crystal, the monkey, she is such a good monkey and such a well-trained monkey that the trainers actually had to spend several weeks teaching her to slap and bite Ben Stiller. I thought that was all CGI. That was real. Wow. That was real. Just whoosh. So he actually got bit by a monkey? He got bit by a monkey That's and dangerous. slapped by a monkey. <laughs> all, right. Whoa. all right. There you go. Facts and factoids about 2006, you said? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. 2006. I just lost it there for a minute. Night at the museum. <laughs> Johnny, great show this week, buddy. Thanks, man. Sorry, thank I'm, you. I'm laughing. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> thank you for the Angela Lansbury uh, piece of production. Unbelievable. He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week right here on The Movie Zone.